0: Welcome to the Romans survey class. Today we're in Romans chapter 11. Uh, what a great passage of scripture this is it tells us about israel's past their present and their future and how that god is not finished with them even though they do find themselves in a very hard situation not just in the world but they find themselves in a hard situation in their relationship and fellowship with god almighty this passage of scripture this chapter in the scripture tells us about how god will deal with them in the future and how God has dealt with them presently because of their unbelief and blindness. Verse 1, I say then, Hath God cast away his people? God forbid for i also am an israelite of the seed of abraham of the tribe of benjamin paul saying the fact that he was able to get converted is proof enough that god is not finished dealing with the nation of israel at least in a new in the new testament church age sense and that god is still willing to save israelites on an individual basis now when he's talking about Uh, what he is talking about in chapter 11 overall is not just an individual basis but a national basis uh, basis so we'll see that more and more as we go through the chapter god hath not cast away his people which he foreknew verse 2 what ye not what the scripture saith of elias how he maketh intercession to god against israel saying Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars and I am left alone and they seek my life. I'm the only one left and they're trying to kill me. Israel has turned against God here. Verse 4, But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. The Lord says to Elijah he says you're not the only one left there's there's a lot of people who haven't bowed the knee to Baal people that have remained faithful and so he says even at this present time not just in Elijah's day was there a remnant but in this present time there's a remnant that will also believe. And that this also points out a, a good issue here in verse number 4. He says there's 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Not everyone has the same experience. And because one person is persecuted or one person uh, is fought against, the world, the flesh, or the devil may fight against one person while we're all tempted the same there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man we're all faced with the same temptations we're not all faced with the same trials Uh, this this trial that elijah faced was his and his trial didn't fall to other men other men uh, what the world might look at today as falling through the cracks what we might perceive today as falling through the cracks everybody is not going to face the same persecution everybody's not going to face the same trials uh, that an individual might now those people may face the opportunity to pray for others who are going through trials that they're not going through maybe they'll pass that test maybe they'll fail that test but that's not the point the Lord is saying to The prophet just because you're going through this and nobody else is being faced with these same problems that you're being faced with doesn't mean that they're not faithful doesn't mean that they're not uh, doing what they're supposed to do doesn't mean that they're unbelievers in any way shape or form doesn't mean that they're compromisers it just means they're not facing the same problems that you're facing now they have responsibility to pray uh, if they know of your situation they have responsibility to pray and help and support in every way that they can but your problems are not everybody else's problems and everybody else's problems are not your problems bear one another's burdens as much as it's possible but uh, those things cannot even be known universally let alone attended to universally by people and so it's a great lesson to learn from that verse number 6 and if by grace then it is no more of works otherwise grace is no more grace but if it be of works then it is Uh, Then is it no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Now I like to go back and read the primary statement whenever there's a, a parenthetical statement. Uh, In other words, there is a simple statement made outside the uh, parenthesis and there is an advanced statement being made. There's an additional statement being made inside the parenthesis to give you more uh, details about a thing. So whenever I read a passage that has a parenthetical statement in it i usually go back and read without the parenthetical statement just for clarity verse 7 what then israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for but the election hath obtained it and the rest were blinded unto this day Verse 9, And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back alway. I say then, Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Now, the Lord's saying they were blinded and in part that blindness happened, not only because of their disobedience or unbelief. He said in part their blindness happened so that Gentiles could be saved. And so God even had a reason to. Uh, behind that he said if I save these Gentiles it'll provoke these Jews to jealousy and move them in, in certain ways and so he says in verse 12 if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles if their fall if their blindness if their unbelief was an advantage to the Gentile then how much more their fullness is the is the question at the end of verse 12 if they fail and it benefited you, what kind of a greater benefit? And the implication is that there will be a much greater benefit for the Gentile when the Lord brings them back to fullness, brings the Israelite back to fullness. How much more their fullness? For I speak un, uh, for I speak to you Gentiles, verse 13, for I speak to you. To you gentiles inasmuch as i am the apostle of the gentiles i magnify mine office if by any means i may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead for if the first fruit be holy the lump is also holy and if the root be holy so are the branches And if some of the branches be broken off, that's Israel, and thou being a wild olive tree, that being the Gentile, were grafted in among them and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. You really have nothing to brag about. You're not the root, you're the branch. The root supplies you, you don't supply the root. Okay, boast not against the branches. Don't give the Israelites a hard time. Pray for Israel. That's what Paul is talking about verse ch- uh, chapter number nine, ten, and eleven. He mentions the Jews with great uh with great earnestness and with great compassion. So he says, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee, verse 19. Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. You didn't work for this. You had faith, and God gave it to you by grace. So don't let it be, a, uh, don't let it be something that drives you to a haughty mind or a proud mind. Verse 21, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee behold therefore the goodness and severity of god on them which fail severity but toward thee goodness if thou continue in his goodness otherwise thou also shall be cut off and this is talking about the whole gent the whole set of gentiles gentiles corporately And so he says, they also, verse 23, and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. If the Israelites turn to God, they'll be grafted back in. God will replace them. God will replace them into the tree that he cut them out of. For God is able to graft them in again. Verse 24, for if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, How much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. What a great verse 25 is. Uh, What a great verse 25 is, and that it says that blindness... In part has happened to Israel until that word until implies there is an end date for the blindness of Israel. God will open the eyes of Israel in the future and he will do that when the fullness of the Gentiles become in blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. That's one of the ver- the strongest verses in the Bible for the for the restoration of fellowship with Israel. Verse 26, and so all Israel shall be saved. Another very strong verse. As it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Now, Jacob is a very carnal way of referring to Israel. It is the first name of one of the fathers of israel abraham isaac and jacob and of course jacob uh, is the progenitor to the 12 tribes of israel and when god refers to israel as jacob he's referring to them as israel in the flesh physical israel not a spirit spiritual israel or a spiritual jew he's talking to them about uh israel in the flesh and this deliverer is going to come and turn away ungodliness from jacob now that has never happened israel in their flesh has never been turned away from ungodliness and so we know for the promises of god to be right and true that this has to take place in the future not someplace in the past jacob has never been turned away from his ungodliness But it will take place. And if it does take place, it has to be future. Verse 27, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, New Testament believers. They're your enemies. They are enemies, I should say, for your sakes. Because you got in by their unbelief. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now that doesn't mean that you don't have to repent in order to receive gifts and callings of God. It means once God gives a gift or once God gives a calling, he will not repent of it. The Lord you can find in the Old Testament where God repented of many things. He repented of the evil that he thought to do to Israel. He repented that he had made man. He destroyed him in the flood, Genesis chapter 6. But here he says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So when God gives a gift or when God gives a calling as he called out Israel, as he called Abraham, as he called the sons of Abraham and Israel, that calling will never be repented of. God will fulfill his promises both to literal, physical, and spiritual Israel. God will God will. Fulfill his promises to them. God works on a thing until he accomplishes it. God fails at nothing. Verse 30. For as ye in times past have not believed God. Yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. The time when Gentiles were nothing but idol worshippers. But uh, through a great portion of New Testament history. Men have come to believe in God when they were once unbelievers. So the same thing will happen with Israel. Verse 31. Even so. Have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy? For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first, uh, first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen.